You ready? Is it really? Yeah. Holy moly. Fratelloni Hardware. Hi, sorry. <laughs> Fratelloni Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 990. Woo! December 29th, 2022. That that there's something that happened on that day, the 29th. I just can't place it. I'll look it up. No, Locally? that's all right. 53 degrees was the record high on this day. That was in 1999, and it was 24 below in 1917. All right. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers, Manning Technology Corner. Hi. Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop. John Hyde in the newsroom. And, of course... The rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense. I have it. Your mayor, Joe Sushi. Texas was admitted as the 28th state on this day in 1845. I've got a lot of emails to get to, a lot of problems to solve. Let's do it. Let's Uh-oh. clear up the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's oh. from Bill Stein. What's the news? I was catching up on the podcast and heard there was some confusion on the gifts given to the baby Jesus by the Magi, especially the gift of myrrh. I'm sorry. Here's the deal. They offered him gold, the symbol of kingship, frankincense, the symbol of the presence of God seen in the perfumed smoke of prayer rising up to heaven. And the final gift was the perfumed oil, myrrh, which is to be used for his burial. And this was the symbol of his great sacrifice. I hope this clears things up. Good luck and Merry Christmas, Bill Stein. Copy. There it is. All right. Well, you kind of said that yesterday, too, didn't you? Now we have the Inge version. Oh, boy. (laughs) Give me your uh, phone. No, can you do your Johnny Carson voice? (laughs) That is Uh, Karnak. Karnak. Can you do this as Karnak? Oh, here we go. A special treat for the audience. Let him look at it first so he knows what he's... I mean, even for Ningi, for Ingi, this was pretty good. Right. Oh, good. We're setting the bar low, then. I know. I, I am. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is a stogie, a scan bucket, a waxed hand. <laughs> a stogie, a scan bucket, and a waxed hand. Let's see what we have. Open here. it up. Thank you, Ed. Ed. Have you been drinking again? <laughs> and the answer is if Jesus was born in the city of Garage Logic, what would the three morons give him? That's pretty terrible. A stogie, a scan bucket, and a waxed hand. That is clever writing. Now, who the hell broke my uh, cigarette box? Rickles. Rickles did. Yeah. That's pretty good, Ingie, but yeah. we don't encourage you for more. Yeah. And uh, I've gotten more news from Dave Osmick on Marjorie Johnson. Update, the State Fair has called me back. The Honors Committee meets in mid-January. No additional testimonials are needed, but I told Jerry Hammer that I would, that I would if needed, provide him that. I am scheduled to call him back after the Honors Committee meets. It won't be something I get done inside my Senate term, but I will stick with it. Hammer time. I wrote a nice column about you. You owe me. We're going to get something up there for Marjorie, even if it's just a plaque or something. Right. It's got to remain on those grounds for Marjorie Johnson and and installed while she's still with us. Okay. It has to happen this coming state fair. How about a a statue outside the... uh, 
What what building would she display her bakery goods in? The bakery building? No, the edu- it's an edu- education Mike, building. Isn't it's it? No, it's probably the food building. No, food building. Whatever. Is we you know what Maybe I'm doing. Hammer of, time. Make it Hammer out of time. butter. Get on that. Make it out of a statue out of butter. Mm-hmm. So thank you, uh, Dave. Be a nice touch in August. I don't think he was yeah. listening to me. No, was he? he wasn't. He wasn't. Okay. No. I have a couple of things, Joe. Seriously, that that might have triggered your memory about today's date. The Wounded Knee Massacre took place in South Dakota on this date Ooh. in 1890. Maybe. And the uh, assass or excuse me, the execution of Saddam Hussein took place on this date in 2006. Maybe that's it. I okay. Don't know. Remember Iranian TV? What's the the TV lineup? No, the I, price I is right if Saddam says it's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was, it was the it was, was the list. The best of? It was the list of um, I don't know if we have them the best of, but it was uh, Iranian TV or Iraqi TV. All right, Carl Bear uh, in Northfield. Okay. I hope you're listening. Uh, this oh. is, this is at least the tenth email I have sent to the GL staff or Joe regarding gifts I have constructed in my wood shop. So far, I've only gotten back one lukewarm response from Joe, which would have involved handing over the gifts at the state fair, which was a bad idea, I admit. I would love to attend the 1,000th podcast celebration, but my wife and I will be in Fiji, relaxing in the tropical sun when you and the boys are in Hopkins on January 17th. So here's my idea. I will drive up to the KSTP building and meet you before you tape the podcast one day next week. Okay. Are you paying attention, Reavers? Yep. Give me your phone. I'm, <laughs> I'm not looking at my phone. You tell me what day works for you when I should be there. I wish I had not become so obsessive about this, but these gifts have been sitting around my man cave for two years, and I need to make space for new projects. And I really believe you and the boys will be pleased that at least one of your loyal listeners has made some things to commemorate the milestone you are fast approaching. On a side note, two of these gifts involve alcohol. Does Hubbard permit the presence of alcohol on their property or in the studio? Yes. Yes, we just obviously will never touch it. Right. In my distant past, I worked at a company that fired a guy for bringing a six-pack to a company softball game that wasn't even on company property. So it pays to be careful. Really? Uh, and then he sent a photo of his oh, man cave, which is very handsome, very handsome. Uh, yes, very I handsome. saw that. I actually saw the email. So, Carl, uh, I'll email you in the event you're not listening to this podcast. I'll, I'll email you a day for next week. And Joe actually, will meet you out front. To tell you the truth, I've already responded to Carl's email because it came to me as well. Yeah, I met him at the airport. Oh, and he gave me a sheet yeah. telling me, and I said this is a great idea, but I lost the sheet because I was working. I didn't, I didn't keep it, and I didn't know how to get a hold of him. Not thinking I should have just said something on here. A sheet about what? About what the the gifts? So they sound like they're pretty good. Uh, they're not. Yeah, they're. You will enjoy them. I can guarantee that. He was a longtime pilot. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From whom? Northwest? I believe so. Okay. All right. Southwest? Yeah, nobody is anymore. Did you see, seriously, the thread from a stranded Southwest Airlines pilot? No. Ripping the you-know-what out of the company and basically saying, people need to stop ripping employees. This isn't our fault. This is a computer issue, and we want to help, but we, we just can't. Do they have old software, I wonder? The software, to my knowledge, and Rook probably knows more about it than me, but the way I read up on it is the software has become so overlogged 
it can't keep up with trying to transmit new information, meaning hmm. all of these employees, whether it's uh, flight attendants, pilots, whatever, people work in the carousel, they want to work, but they can't get into their own system. Right. And Southwest does a lot of, um, you might be out of New York or you might work out of Tennessee. I can explain that. Okay, good. Their system is point to point. Yep. Which means, you correct me if I'm wrong. That, that I, I, means I'm not familiar. I'm not. I'm in over my head on the Southwest. Well, thing. point to point would be, and I correct me if I'm wrong. Minneapolis to Denver, Denver back to Minneapolis. Okay. Yep. Whereas other airlines are not necessarily that they might fly to Albuquerque right. and from Albuquerque go to Seattle. It's like and from Seattle maybe back to Phoenix. Nashville. Yeah, whatever. They're point to point. So if their points get screwed up. They're screwed up. All hell breaks loose. And not to mention the fact that if an aircraft breaks down and you're not in a hub and you're in New York and your hub is in there, New Jersey. You just said the key word. Other airlines might take better use of hubs than Southwest. Right. And I don't know if I'm speaking the truth here. But a mechanic, if a, if a light doesn't work, you can't run that aircraft. You need the mechanic there to fix it. And that mechanic might be in... Uh, Toledo. But once again, if if you're the person that's taking it out on the the poor gal or guy behind the counter, yeah, not at the BSO. First of all, they decided to show up uh, because a lot of people right. just said, "To hell with it, I'm quitting. Right. This is my part time right. job." But secondly, if you're still sitting at the you know Phoenix Airport and this is day number six and you haven't made alternate plans, well, that's just on you. Right. Okay. You're... Can we go back to the light out in the airplane? Because I have serious questions. Yeah. Okay. Sun Country has a light out here. They've and got people. Say an exit light goes out in row 15. Here, they can fix it. What if Sun Country has that in uh, in uh, Cancun? Mexico? Then they would send a, uh, they would send a, they would deadhead a mechanic uh, to Mexico. Well, would that take you all day to get home? Then? They, they may have to send a rescue flight and bring the whole, you know, we already made a mistake one time by leaving people down there. So we took ownership of that. I go it was Roycey a mistake. on this. Uh, you're just missing an exit light. Let's go. No, they can't do that. They can't. Because <laughs> it's FAA regulations right. that they have to. Especially on the exit light. Anything, um, anything, a light that goes off, they have to make sure it's in working. All, right, the, should, all I can speak is for Sun Country. Safety's number one. You should do what I saw where there was a guy with a license plate, a Minnesota license plate. I think Reverend Tim retweeted this. That's why I saw it. And on his tabs, um, he wanted to be up to date. So he took a blue marker and just <laughs> oh, changed his yellow well, that's tab. That's what I'm about to do because I'm not getting my updates. We got to go oh, now. We're good. Yep, got her. We now go to uh, Lisa. In the Upper Peninsula. She's a Uper. Uper? Uper Lisa. Happy New Year to you and the boys. I was in the Twin Cities area for Christmas, arriving on Tuesday the 20th, a day ahead of the storm. As soon as I arrived at my daughter's house, I grabbed my slush buster and cleared all that gunk from my blazer. Nice. I'm back in the UP now and was out running errands yesterday. When I got home, I went to town with my slush buster since the temps had finally risen and I wasn't dealing with the snow concrete anymore. Man, my blazer was a mess. It isn't anymore. We had a bit of snow up here with this latest system that went through. My brother-in-law, who lives a few miles from me, measured 40 inches. Wow. I'm sure glad it's spring now because Elise is a 21st-er. Could I get a ruling on a couple of names? My daughter is Tess Miranda. Tess Miranda. That's that's Miranda. approved. Oh. As long as it's T-E-S-S. It is. Okay. And her daughter is Autumn 
Dolores. Oh, that's gonna mm. no. Sorry, that's, 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 yeah, that's autumn is a season. Yeah. It's not a name. <laughs> it's a season. <laughs> season. Rookie, could you wish me a happy new year in Royce's voice? That would make my year because I love your Patrick impression, Lisa, the Uper. Hey, hey, Lisa, how you doing there, kiddo? I, uh, happy New Year to you and uh, yours because. Uh, you know, you got to be careful on your roads. And uh, yeah, I remember one time I opened the door, the DA opened the door, the cop says, have you been drinking? He said, not since April 15th, 1981. So uh, you really uh, have, a, have a couple toddies and uh, and uh, maybe can some apricots. I don't know. Jesus, Pat. That was just supposed to be a happy New Year. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, it is. Lisa, how, uh, how do you do? Whitey, yes, Whitey, I, I, uh, I the sauerkraut. Oh. <laughs> yes, it is. And now for Tom Weiss in Clayton, Wisconsin. I live in Wisconsin, but as a Minnesota native, educated behind the pines for both high school and undergraduate and graduate degrees, we have lived in Wisconsin for forty-five years. This, but I still get the St. Paul paper and I watch Minnesota TV. This AM's. Pioneer Press had an article about St. Paul wanting to raise the sales tax. We covered that yesterday in our despondency. <laughs> WCCO, KSEP, and the paper all had it as a 1% raise. But if you do the math, and I'm fairly good at math, but have one of the morons check me out. The paper reported that the total sales tax in St. Paul is about 7.85%, with 6.75% of that from the Minnesota state tax. Uh, being the Minnesota state tax. That further means that the St. Paul city tax is about 1.1% of each sale in St. Paul currently. That further means that mayor and city council seem to want to double almost the amount of sales tax in St. Paul from 1.1% of each sale to 2.1% of each sale. Unless my math is all wrong, that means they are doubling the tax collected. I missed today's podcast. We'll pick it up tonight on YouTube or tomorrow on the pod, so I am not sure you discussed that. Wow. But after raising property taxes 15%, then doubling the sales tax St. Paul collects, and with the Democrats controlling the state legislature and the governor's office, there is no doubt this will pass. So all that's left is the plebiscite. I'm uh, When I realize they were double, I do shop in St. Paul, and this does affect me and my family. Mm. I look it's the, a job for John Haidt. Uh, the direct what vote portion of, of the sales tax in St. Paul is a state tax. Okay. All right. And Rook, a plebiscite is the direct vote of all the members of an electorate <laughs> to an important public question, such as a change in the Constitution. Bleep that word. That's what I you said. You can too. use something else so people can understand it, Mr. Plebiscite. <laughs> I'll plebiscite you. <laughs> Didn't you get ointment for that plebiscite? You I had got a week some ago? Uh, some unguent. That's what I thought. Uh, that is so. exactly correct, Joe. Six point eight cents of St. Paul's seven point eight percent comes from a statewide sales tax. S- say that so again, John. Six point eight cents of the seven point eight comes from statewide sales tax. So they are. They're so doubling one, their sales tax. Yeah, one is the St. Paul portion one percent and they're going to two yeah that will double it yeah 
This is highway robbery. And this is to fix roads, which your property taxes are supposed to do. But all of you people listening are already on board, and many of you don't live within the sustainable urban core, and you don't know what to do about this, and neither do we. Okay, got but bigger of, picture. Used to spend money on Joe. Sorry, got a lot of other things. So it's big money. picture here. Okay, it's just the sales tax. It's just property tax. It's just one what, percent. Whatever uh. business survived COVID. Whatever business decided to remain open to get through to this point here, we're, we're on the cusp of 2023. Well, what business that's still here is going to be able to remain throughout this year once all of these increases take place? Rookie, you're the restaurant correspondent. <clears throat> okay. And I don't want to misstate this, so maybe it's still in the rumor category. Is Salou closing on Grand Avenue? Uh, I am not aware of that. That's a fantastic place. I, I agree. Uh, I'm not. I I have not been believe, made privy to that. If Grand Avenue falls on hard times, oh man, you're you're really up a creek. Well, especially that area of Grand Avenue. Grand Avenue is uh, the fiftieth in France of St. Paul. But will it be able to make it solely on schools? You know, people coming to well, people coming to visit kids the, in college. That's and over by McAllister. I would say Shish. And, I'm talking between Lexington and Dale. Right, McAllister. I think is still going very strong with their restaurants. Okay. That little between Fairview and Snelling. Yep. That 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 get the McAllister crowd does patronize those. Well, and I only say that because I know a guy that owns property that rents it out in that area. Yeah. And it's thriving, John, and it's only because of students, right? Mm-hmm. John, help me go through this. So what uh, if I buy a slush buster at Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Store on yes, Grand sir. and Dale, I'm paying sales tax on that. Yes. And I'm paying a sales tax of 7.85%. Today. In uh, St. Paul, yes. Today. Mm-hmm. How much of that goes to the state? 6.8%. 6.8% of that goes so, to the state. So look at it this way. For every dollar you spend... Your sales tax is 7.85 cents. As of right now, 6.8 of that goes to the state. And 1% goes to the city of St. Paul. Correct. If they raise their sales tax 1%, they now get 2% 2. of the 7.85? Well, I think the 7.85 then goes to 8.85, doesn't it? Correct. Well, that's why it might not pass, because the state legislature would be then faced with the dilemma of raising the sales tax in the state to 8.85%. But if St. Paul's supposed to get 2% of it. I, I but wouldn't that just apply to the city of St. Paul, though, not right. statewide? I, I think Chris is correct. It would only apply to St. Paul because the vote itself from the legislature is only on that particular city's uh, <clears throat> idea. Or so the plan. legislature as a whole would have to vote... To allow the sales tax in St. Paul to become 8.85%. Correct. Of which St. Paul would claim now 2% of it, and the state would still get it 6.85. Exactly. <laughs> we are, we're being conned here. Uh, the people of St. Paul are being conned here. And he was happy as pie on the news last night, blabbering about it. Well, he knows all of boilerplate language. I mean, think of the hoodwinking that's going on here. This is a very articulate young mayor. 
Yep. Very glib, very well-spoken, yes. very hip. And he, he comes out and said, you know, we look at the future of our city and don't we all want a future of good roads and good parks and good streetlights? And, and, and the answer, of course, is yes, we do. We'd love that. But what the hell you been doing with the property taxes? Okay. And, and here's what he, he tipped his hand uh, yesterday when he said, the streets in St. Paul have been neglected for decades. How uh, many Republican mayors have we had? One. Right. And he, you know, <laughs> he converted, yeah. so to speak. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm saying. People need to wake up and say there have been Democrats that have been running the city for how long and they never did anything to the streets. He said it himself. Bring back Chris Coleman. 15%. Wow. And you wonder. Uh, see, I happen to think he's in terribly over his head. Uh, Melvin has, and so is the little guy in Minneapolis. They're not qualified to be mayors. They have no interest in running a city. They have an interest in in uh, entitlements. And I happen to think he's in terribly over his head. And I'm wondering, who's giving him his ideas? Who, there's no counter voice to this in St. Paul. Well, which there's one? There's no the... politically counter voice to this in St. Paul. So the mayor comes up with this idea and the council's going along with it. It makes you wonder, and I'll ask her, if the likes of Jane Prince uh, is, is withdrawing because she doesn't like what she sees coming in the future. Wow. You're getting to an unsustainable point here. And the city of St. Paul continued to take it. And one of the reasons they continued to take it is what I just said. You have this very bright young mayor who comes on and said, we, don't we want a future of beautiful roads to all our schools and destinations and, and beautiful parklands? And when the answer, the guy sitting at home is not paying attention, right. the answer is, well, of course we do. What's 1%? Well, it's not 1%, it's 2%, and that comes on top of 15% property tax increase. All to maintain a, a burgeoning, a burgeoning city government. Okay, burgeoning. Well, then I think the obvious answer is one more cabinet member to be a differentiating <laughs> voice. In charge of that. Well, don't you. Don't give many ideas. Would that make it 18? What are we up to now? 16 oh, cabinet members? about 21, I think. Are we up to 21? Yeah. Do you know what the uh, tax is in Duluth? <laughs> no, but they got a mysterian. They do, and uh, their uh, tax is eight point eight seven five. So they're two point uh, what? what? Two point two point three seven five above uh, added to the state stuff. So to, to almost two and a half percent. Wow. Uh, the only other towns above that are Rochester eight point one two and Minneapolis eight point zero. Well, there you go. And isn't it inevitable? given one party rule that the state sales tax will ultimately be increased? Yeah, I hope not. Well, <laughs> but, why, why wouldn't yes. it be with the people in control? Yes. Well, and that's what should fear everybody. I, I jokingly said this to you before the show, whatever it was, yesterday or the day before. I'm sorry. I, I'd love to feel bad for you in particular, but you guys voted for this. I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't. You didn't, but I'm saying the city of St. Paul did. Right. So I'm sorry. You get what you asked for. A very small percentage of voters voted. Right. And that's why I'm saying to the state of Minnesota, sorry, you idiots voted for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what it'll take to wake people up. 
I mean, I know a woman who was mugged in broad daylight. Didn't wake her up. Hmm. Did you ever bring that up? All the time. Hmm. How'd that work out? I have. I haven't. I haven't gotten anywhere with that. <laughs> We're shocked. Yeah. They're easy to ignore, huh? I guess. Hmm. I'm invisible. Dennis writes, in an effort to be compassionate and not offensive to anyone, I'm submitting a request. First, in the non-offensive version, then in one that is easier to understand. It is very hard to write or speak in the Stanford lingo, but he's going to give it a try. All righty. I have been a person with a substance use disorder of the show and the folks, people, everyone for a long time. But I have something I would like to get off the upper frontal flat region of my body and possibly a ruling. My CP, who has immigrated from Bulgaria and is now a U.S. citizen, says I am surprisingly wild or a person living with a mental health condition and should have a confidence check, coherence check. She is by no means a demanding or entitled what woman, white woman, but in this case, I think she is unenlightened. I consider myself an ordinary person, common person, conventional person, and not an uneducated or unsophisticated person or a person from the Appalachian or Ozark regions of the U.S. sitting around in my white-ribbed tank top undershirt. Hmm. Here's my issue. A few years ago, I had a heart valve replaced with a valve from a cow. Ruling, can can I now be asked what and say I am bi-species? Or BS for short. And more importantly, can BS be added to the LGBTQ acronym, if only in Gumption County? I don't want to appear arrogant, stuck up, nor do I want to be a person who has experienced or been impacted by this situation. I have been very successful and become adept in my field. I am not asking for a special bathroom since stalls are already in the men's room. Then the normal version. I've been an addict of the show and you guys for a long time. I have something I would like to get off my chest and possibly a ruling. Uh-oh. My CP, an immigrant from Bulgaria and now American, says I am crazy and should have a sanity check. <laughs> she is by no means a Karen, but in this case, I think she's tone deaf. I consider myself a normal person, not a hick or a hillbilly sitting around in my wife beater t-shirt. Here's my issue. A few years ago, I had a heart valve replaced with a valve from a cow. Ruling. Can I now, when asked, say I am bi-species or BS for short? More importantly, can BS be added to the LBGTQ acronym, if only in Gumption County? I don't want to appear uppity, nor do I want to be a victim of this situation. I have gone like a gangbuster to master my field. I am not asking for a special bathroom since stalls are already in the men's room. Happy New Year to everyone, and good luck on show number 1000. Dennis in Littleton, Colorado. Dennis Ehlert's from Littleton, Colorado. Nice. I think he should be able to call himself BS. Sure, right. He's bi-species. Mm-hmm. And if Dennis decides to move in that direction. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, God. Let's... Utterly ridiculous. Oh, good one, John. Rook, you got a pun in you? Come on, Rook. You're the master of puns. The specter of Judy Dibble was hovering over the show. (laughs) When he goes for a walk, he usually has to hoof it. Let's come back with news of Stanford in just a moment. Uh, Whoops. Wrong stinger. (laughs) Thank you. Was that for mine? Happy New Year, GLers. Kenny here, and yeah, I know you're already dreaming about getting your motor running next spring. 
Good thing Moon Motorsports in Monticello has the brands that'll make you the envy of everyone on the highway, and Moon is the largest volume Triumph motorcycle dealer in the state. And right now, Moon has more available Triumph models at than any other point of the year. We're talking retro-styled standards, adventure bikes, muscle cruisers, naked sport, and high-performance sport. Whatever your riding style, Moon has the right Triumph model for you. If you act now, you'll save us on select discounted models and purchase any new motorcycle and receive free winter storage or local delivery. Get over to moonmotorsports.com, check out the inventory, then treat yourself with a visit to the most awe-inspiring motorsports showroom in the region, a true cathedral dedicated to cylinders. Moon Motorsports are BMW, Triumph, Ducati, KTM, Husqvarna, Yamaha, Honda, Polaris, Can-Am, Gas Gas, and Skidoo Dealer. They're on the south side of 94, west of 25 in Monticello, and on the web at moonmotorsports.com. Wait a minute. Oh. Buffalo soldiers. The light went out. Again? I need an artificial liner from my guy, the rookie. He doesn't do well with used batteries. He's Joe Suchere. He's a man who spends hours in hardware stores <laughs> sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Okay, based on yesterday's show and chronicling our despondency about the way we're being led politically, which is poorly, is there something, and this is really, really way out there, Left is there field. something Uh-oh. to be learned by looking at box scores of NBA and NHL games? Let me continue to explain. Okay. Are th- maybe things aren't as bad as we think they are. Is that a possibility? Sure. Look at these NBA attendances. I knew you were going to do that. How? I knew you were going to do attendances. How? Because you're going to talk about people having money to spend. We're not. It's not well, as. I don't even as know if I, I don't even know if that's the direction I'm going. Okay. Brooklyn and Atlanta last night, eighteen thousand thirty people. Okay. Chicago and Milwaukee. Uh, in NHL, I can tell you where the game was played by the attendants. I cannot do that in the NBA. Chicago and Milwaukee, 21,537, 1,000 over capacity. Detroit, Orlando, 20,190, 300 under capacity. Are you talking about in general? I didn't or- make my point yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Whoa. You looked at me like you had, that we're done. Mil- Miami and the Lakers. 20,221, 600 people over capacity. Washington and Phoenix, 20,476, 100 people over capacity. NHL, Boston and New Jersey, 16,514. 16,514 is capacity. That would have been at New Jersey. Detroit and Pittsburgh in overtime, 18,387. That's capacity. That was in Pittsburgh. Tampa Bay and Montreal, 19,092, 19,092. I'm thinking that was in Tampa. Every game last night sold out. Okay, is there anything to be made of that? Is there any, any observations that can be taken from that? So uh, uh, in uh, in New Jersey, uh, life went on and people went to a hockey game, the same as in Pittsburgh, 
and the same as in Tampa Bay. Uh, same with the NBA cities. I don't know where those games were played. I could tell you. I, I do know that this week in particular. I suppose it's a holiday week. Holiday week, and a lot of times those are used as gifts. Yeah, maybe. Um, because as a guy that monitors the secondary market for football, mm-hmm. this is a very good week to have tickets to sell. I have nowhere to go with this other than I've been finding myself wondering... Uh, if life in the sustainable urban, if life closest to the country's tallest buildings is not in the disarray we think it is, well, that would be it's in disarray. But sports is a good distraction from the very things we've been talking about. But retail spending is up. Yep, that you is know, true. I mean, it's it's not down. I just look at November and October numbers and up both months. But I can say this: baseball is very worried in terms of attendance. Well, look at the twins. I forgot the New Orleans Timberwolves game in New Orleans. 18,669, uh, about 200 under capacity. But if you were to in pick, New Orleans? But if you were to pick a random Tuesday for the Wolves at Target Center, they're not even close to being sold out. No, they're usually about two or three grand under being sold out. But the Wilds are still doing okay. Mm-hmm. Well, why And they th- play tonight, they host... Division leading Dallas. That Ooh. will be beyond capacity tonight. The star is in town. Mm-hmm. But why is baseball well, in the, such the trouble? Interest it's baseball. still strong in the cities where it's always been strong. Baseball. St. Louis, Chicago, New York, Boston, <clears throat> L.A. But... The, keep going? No, but the, the interest... John and I have talked about this a number of times... The interest in anyone under the age of 25 is dwindling drastically. Watch watch baseball attendance this year in San Francisco. Because there's not a story we get out of San Francisco that does not tell us it's a completely devastated urban core. Mm-hmm. I agree. I and was... and, and I, that ballpark is right downtown. Yes. I was in Seattle 4th of July. We went to a Mariners game. Downtown Seattle and we've been is told, a disaster. We've been told nothing that to Seattle is nothing if not destroyed. And I can say the the crowd was spectacular. They were playing Oakland, I believe, and the crowd was great. But not one person did anything outside of the stadium. You know what I'm saying? There was a bunch of places to go eat. All those places were empty, but the ballpark was full. Be interesting to watch San Francisco's attendance this year. I think they did pretty well last year. Last year it was two and a half. I just looked yeah. at two and a half million. 30, yeah, mm-hmm. thirty thousand a game. They averaged a little over. Well, 30, and that's 000. in a city that did. If you just, you know, if you just read the news we read, that's a city where you'd think not fifteen people would go to a baseball. But the game. Twins did not do well with attendance. They last did year. not, but they. I I don't know what to base that on. Uh, There's only two teams below a million last year. Let me guess: Tampa Bay. Nope. Oh, Oakland. Oh. 1.1. Oakland, yes, the worst uh, in Major League Baseball. And Miami? Miami. And Miami, very yeah. good, 907. Yeah. All right. Yep. I like this game that I'm good at. Yeah. And <laughs> Philly. <laughs> what do you think of the Marlins this I don't year, know. I'll, I'll keep that on the back burner as some sort pitching. of uh, theory to look at, but uh, I don't know that I'm able to make much of that except I'm a, I'm a, a box score reader. Yes, you are. And yeah. And... Every day I look at attendance and I think, well, what the hell? <coughs> if it's good enough for those 18,500 people. I should yep. get there. 
Now back to Stanford. Push, pushing back yep. has worked. We clearly missed the mark. Stanford University says it will review its master list of verboten words after backlash and says the word American is now allowed on campus. Here, here. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? It took pushback to allow the use of the word America in an American university. Uh, Stanford University recently embraced recommendations of the so-called Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative. That's because they have too many administrators and published a master list of allegedly harmful words and phrases. Uh, those words were broken up into categories, ableist, ageism, culturally appropriate, gender-based, imprecise, institutionalized racism, person-first, and violent. And they, uh, they had a statement of solidarity and commitment to action. And uh, then the uh, list went viral last week, and it was instant mockery and concern. The university initially password protected the list in an apparent attempt to steer the narrative, but like the lexicons of the students behind the Stanford Review, there was something they could not ultimately control. It did not help the university's cause that uh, Glenn Beck's paper, The Blaze, published a short list of the forbidden terms, and the Wall Street Journal circulated a copy of the full list. And the screenshots of the innocuous words uh, fitted up for destruction made the rounds on social media. Uh, The university's master list included allegedly harmful words, master list, white paper, he, straight, chief, gentleman, addict, walk-in. There was, was, however, one word on the list that uh, had to account for uh, everything, and that was American. According to that master list, U.S. citizens were not to be called Americans, but because doing so would imply that the U.S. is the most important country in the Americas. Well, A, it is. And B, when I'm called an American, I don't automatically think it's because the U.S. is important. I'm called an American because I'm an American. That's where you're from. Right. Uh, And so uh, we we get the word now that... uh, Who's Gallagher? Somebody named Gallagher. Just nope. a minute. Just a minute. Was he the comedian? Didn't he just die? No. He just died. He yeah. did just die. Yeah. Broke up watermelons. <clears throat> Rest his soul. Uh, let me find this Gallagher fellow. Right Steve Look Gallagher. That, uh, Steve Gallagher. That, uh, that guy's an American hater. Yep. <laughs> Steve Gallagher, whose title of chief information officer contains at least one harmful word, chief, <laughs> issued a release in an effort to set the record straight. Gallagher wrote on December 20, over the last couple of days, there has been much discussion of a website that provides advice for the IT community at Stanford about word choices in Stanford websites and code. First and importantly, the website does not represent university policy that does not represent mandates or requirements. The website was created by and intended for discussion within the IT community at Stanford It provides suggested alternatives for various terms and reasons why those terms could be problematic in certain uses, said Gallagher. Pause. It corroborates my point. I said regarding the uh, terrible tragedy of Hamlin University no longer being a legitimate school. That the bar that these administrators set, apparently the, the task they feel at hand every morning when they roll out of bed and go to work is... No student shall be uncomfortable. And that's where their mischief comes in, because anything can be considered to be uncomfortable. Well, here at Stanford, you're getting the same thing. Uh, we created this list 
because words could be problematic in certain uses. In other words, make someone uncomfortable. So this bent, distorted, corrosive effort Hmm. to introduce comfort where it doesn't need to be introduced is at the root of the problem in the abundance of administrators. There, we're figuring it out. Wow. <laughs> and and it got it's being pushed back against in uh uh in uh at Stanford. And so uh they're they're changing now and they won't uh they won't do this. So there you have it. Hmm. There it is. What are we gonna do about it? Fifteen thousand administrators at Stanford. Not enough, huh? I wonder if they have a vice president for inclusive excellence. You know Guaranteed. it. Do you want me Guaranteed. to look it up? You go ahead. You okay. might have some fun during this break finding oh. out some of the titles All at Stanford. Right. Okay. We'll be back with John Height. <laughs> at least I show up when I'm not feeling. I just don't right. participate. Joe, are you feeling it? Yes. Okay. Joe, Joe this, this it's pizza the end of the world as we know us. it. It's and not true. It's fine. What, John? <laughs> we have to break the in. pizza myth. That you keep selling it's, us. Uh, Take it from the top. The audience wasn't listening to the break. <laughs> Pizza's not America. Pizza's American. It's not Italian. No, no that's not true, John. Well, I'm not arguing with you. I'm telling you why you're wrong. I'm, right. I'm looking right here at the History Channel. Yeah, no, that's not the... They don't know. <laughs> Computer's wrong. <laughs> well, have, how many times you been to Italy? Who? You. Never. Been there many times. Ain't I've got been there no many pi- times. They got no pizza. Well, they got pizza. No. There. I know that because no. I know my brother uh, went no. last year and had pizza. But, deep but it's guy? not the same. They have it, but it, it's, it's just different. Like, it yes. will just be stuff on it. It's not like the cheese and sausage and pepperoni. That's because that's American. That's an well, American see, the invention. Best, the best pizza to me is that, like, the, there's a, well, never mind. We're I'm a Chicago style we're, guy. I love Chicago style. Are you going to do the news, John? I am. Uh, there's, and I don't mean this as an ad, but there's a place in Elk River called Pompeii, and they have the wood fired grill. Oh boy! Oh. And, and they make uh, like Italian style pizzas that are oh incredible. Really? The crust is incredible. That's just crazy. incredible. Pompeii. All right, I need news here. Do you, you ever Pompeii? been to Pompeii? Nope. Okay. <laughs> the, do you know it's the on Main Street in Elk River? You can't miss it. I don't, I don't know gotcha. if it's Main Street. But we it's have gone off street. the rails. In news, we. <laughs> We, well, you started it with your damn pizza. That's thing. true. Yeah, but I did that off the air. Every three months you say that. But and we, you every know, time we John, say that's not correct. You know if you say anything in John's presence, he is going to stop whatever he's doing and he's going to look it up. I have to. It's inbred. No, Let's go here. Funny. Yes, sir. Yes, in sir. sports. Let's go sports before news. Gophers playing in the pinstripe bowl today in Yankee Stadium. Right now. Mm. York. Not yet, but oh yeah, it is right now. It's past one. Uh, flip kick it off. On? I'll flip it on. Yeah. Kick off for those town council folks listening <laughs> live to wow. the podcast was one o'clock this afternoon. Obviously, uh, those of you that listen later have missed the game. I'm sorry. Yeah. The Gophers are playing Syracuse in the pinstripe the bowl. The bad boy more pinstripe bowl. You like that, don't you? I want them to advertise with it. I want to do ads for Bad Boy Moore. Suit you here? Who's a bad boy? Yeah. Look at him. I went Who's to their uh, website. Boy? Looks pretty darn cool. They're, pretty they're darn neat cool lawnmowers. Yep. Uh, one other kind of fun sports note. While the Wild welcomed fans to watch yesterday's practice at the Tria Rink, their next opponent practiced outside in St. Paul. Really? The, the Dallas Stars made a surprise visit to Phelan Regional Park practiced outside oh that'd be cool That's i wish fun. i would have known that 
the team finished everything up by taking a group picture on the ice after they practiced there. The Wild and Stars play at Excel Energy Center tonight. Now, yesterday was pretty warm. I wonder how they found the ice. Yeah. They actually uh-huh. want, I don't know the players well as you do uh, in hockey, but one of the Dallas Stars said, hopefully my feet will unfreeze soon. I thought that was an odd comment because it wasn't that cold. It wasn't bad. No, not at all. In news, a 36-year-old... Leave it on Scarface. Leave it on Scarface. (laughs) Well, the problem is, the last time anybody used this TV, it was Kenny, and he put it up on one of those 300 channels, and we don't have a guide. We just have the... Don't you have a microphone? No, we don't on this one. Ooh, Iron Horse is on. Turn the damn thing off and don't worry about it. (laughs) In news, a 36-year-old man has been charged after allegedly making threats against St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter... According to a criminal complaint, Andrew Thomas Griswinski of St. Paul has been charged with two counts of threats of violence, reckless disregard, risk. Authorities say Griswinski sent his ex-girlfriend a text showing an AR-15 style firearm on a window ledge. And it read, Maplewood Mall is my idea and mayor of St. Paul is the end goal. His ex-girlfriend then reported Griswinski to police, saying he was staying at the Woodbury Sheraton Hotel. Woodbury police then notified departments in St. Paul and Maplewood about the threats. The complaint says an investigator discovered Griswinski had been on a mental health hold in Florida earlier in the month, and the doctor who treated him told police the threat should be taken seriously. The Maplewood Mall closed nearly two hours early due to the alleged threats, and security was sent to both the mall and to the mayor's home, according to the complaint. Grzwinski was arrested at the hotel. Documents say officers found a Mossberg International 715P 22 caliber long rifle, a magazine with ammunition, and a black case in the hotel room where he was staying. After being taken to the police department, the complaint says Grzwinski ripped a camera off the interview room's wall and demanded a lawyer. He was then taken to jail and when told he was being held for making threats of violence against Carter, the complaint says Griswinski told police, I never said I was going to kill the mayor. I said I wanted to run for mayor. If convicted, each charge carries a maximum He'd sentence. He'd be a better of, mayor. Well, he's and losing he's his credibility. Ill. He's losing his credibility a little bit. If convicted, each charge carries a maximum sentence of five years behind bars, a $10,000 fine, or both. You will now have to have your bags checked when you enter the Mall of America. The mall said yesterday additional security resources have been put into place in coordination with Bloomington police that are both visible and non-visible to mall visitors. Security officers will begin to check bags at mall entrances. Mall staff didn't provide any more details about the scope of the security measures. All of this comes after that fatal shooting at Nordstrom's store in the mall last week. This ought to put a stop to it. Police arrested five people over the weekend in the shooting death of Jonte Hudson on Friday night. Late Wednesday, yesterday, a district judge gave Hennepin County prosecutors an extra day through today to decide on possible charges. The shooting happened just before 8 p.m. inside the Nordstrom department store, prompting an hour-long shutdown on the busy night before Christmas Eve. Former Minneapolis police officer has been criminally charged for allegedly beating a protester following the murder of George Floyd in May of 2020. 34-year-old Justin Stetson is charged with one count of third-degree assault. He's accused of beating Jaleel Stallings, who had been struck by a rubber bullet the night of May 30, 2020, and fired back at an unmarked van in self-defense. Criminal complaint filed Wednesday by a Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison's office alleges the officers in the van yelled shots fired and jumped out. Stallings, upon realizing the vehicle's occupants were police officers, dropped his gun and laid prone on the ground. Then, over the course of about 30 seconds, while Stallings laid on the ground, Stetson beat him, 
kicking him and punching him in the head and slamming his head into the pavement, striking him with his knee, according to the complaint. Another officer joined, holding Stallings' hands behind his back while Stetson continued punching him. Eventually, the second officer told Stetson, that's it, stop, before grabbing Stetson's wrist and saying, okay, ending the beating, according to court records. Stallings suffered a facial fracture from the pounding, which legally amounts to, the complaint says, substantial bodily harm. Stetson was charged via summons. He's due to make his first court appearance January 19th. He is not in custody. According to a criminal complaint, Stetson joined the police department in 2011. He had received about 1,200 hours of training over his tenure, including training on use of force and de-escalation techniques. According to MPD spokesperson Sergeant Garrett Parton, Stetson left the department August 12th. MPD did not have a comment regarding Stetson's criminal case. Stallings was an Army veteran who had a permit to carry his gun, faced several charges originally for firing at the officers, but a jury acquitted him on all counts. He later won a $1.5 million settlement from the city in exchange for dropping an excessive force lawsuit. Uh, I know you've moved on, but I didn't see this until now because Hans is a subscriber to the Garage Logic Town Council. Figured I'd send this to Joe. Uh, looked it up. The 49ers have had over 71,000 a game, but I do think, don't they play their games in they Santa Clara? They play nowhere near San Francisco. That's what I thought. I thought their stadium, their new stadium's yeah. in Santa Clara. Is that pretty, Santa Clara? I don't know. Never been. Uh, this is a bit of a low blow. Ed Irwin was shoveling the snow at Mother St. James AME Church in Minneapolis when. Someone stole his truck. No. Whoops. Loss of the truck and the snow equipment, about $70,000. Irwin is from Minneapolis. He's known for spending a great deal of his time helping out youth in the community. Uh, now a GoFundMe has been set up to help him out. He says, quote, I feel uncomfortable with that. I've always been a giver, not a taker. Makes me feel good, though, that people are concerned. They're aware of it. There's a lot of prayers going up. I know God is going to work this situation out for his glory. And for the good. I always thought it was blasphemous to play football in Yankee Stadium. Oh, but they have for, what, decades? And I've thought it for decades, that it's blasphemous. I'm pretty much anti any football game taking place in a baseball stadium today. Because the one last night they were playing at Petco Park. The Holiday Bowl. Where is that? San Diego. Yes, sir. Yeah. Was it? There was a, I believe, a New York Yankee football team in the NFL that played in Yankee Stadium. Didn't they become the Jets? No, because the Jets were oh. AFC. They or AFL. I'm sorry. Got gotcha. AFC. AFL. Okay. I have some sad sports news. Uh oh, what? Pele died. No, well, I know he was sick. Eighty-two. Yeah. Uh, he had undergone treatment for colon cancer since 2021. Been hospitalized for the last month with multiple ailments. Hmm. Hmm. New Year's Eve quickly approaching, and as usual, planning a sober ride on New Year's Eve is easy to do here in the Twin Cities. Uh, once again, Miller Lite's parent company, Molson Coors, says they'll partner with Metro Transit to offer free rides for anyone who wants one on New Year's Eve. Rides are available on all Metro Transit bus and train routes from 6 p.m. until the end of service on all routes Saturday, and no card or coupon is required. Or just do what everybody else does with light rail, never pay. Just hop on and let's go, baby. <laughs> Additionally, Minnesota Valley Transit Authority will also be partnering, uh, participating, excuse me, this year and offering free rides from 6 p.m. until the end of service. However, MBTA Connect rides are not included in the promotion. The free rides program started way back in 1997, and Molson Coors says more than 1.6 million people in the Twin Cities have received free rides on New Year's Eve thanks to promotion during 
that time. Uh, don't forget, law enforcement across Minnesota, as usual, will have extra patrols out through New Year's Eve to watch for impaired drivers. In the first few weeks of the holiday campaign, which started in late November, more than 1,400 people were arrested. Earlier this morning, air raid sirens ringing out across Ukraine as Russia's forces unleashed about 120 missiles in a barrage which targeted the capital Kiev and several other major cities. Uh, civilians were pictured consoling one another amid the debris following the attacks, which constituted one of Russia's largest bombardments of Ukrainian civilian centers of the war so far. Mayors of the capital, Kiev, the city of Kharkiv, and the western state of Lviv all reported that Russian missiles had caused a series of explosions. While blasts were also heard in Zydomir, Odessa, and uh, I, I saw this when I wrote it and thought, good luck. Dniprotesrovsk. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's not even close. If you're in a restaurant now, do you have to say, I'd like chicken Kiev? I'm still saying Kiev. Yeah. Did it come from there, do you think? I bet it must It must have, right? No, Italy. It's Italy. (laughs) Italy. (laughs) Just like like pizza. What is it, anyway? Tastes like chicken. It's chicken uh, breast that is rolled into uh, uh, like a a ball. Not a ball, but... um, and stuffed with chives and butter and all mm. sorts of different stuff. Yeah. And then it's lightly breaded on the outside and you bake it. It's, it's fantastic. Good. And yep. that first cut, that first cut when all that um, delicious melted butter spills mm-hmm. all over your plate. Because you get to mop it up. Then I could drain that off the plate. So <clears> you are so messed it. up. Yeah. Oh, you don't eat butter. That's no, I don't right. like butter. He's messed up. Yeah. I don't like the concept. No butter. U.S. dollars rally in 2022. Uh, gave the reminder of the currency's ability to inflict pain on the global economy. Investors say they're optimistic. The dollar strength, though, has run its course. As of December 28th, the dollar has risen 8.9% this year, as measured by the Wall Street Journal Dollar Index, which tracks its value against 16 other currencies. That would mark its biggest yearly rise since 2014. The index peaked in late September at the highest level in data going back to 2001, the dollar, though, is ending the year on a defensive, having given back about half of its gains since the high watermark, as investors bet that U.S. inflation is slowing down. With the House January 6th committee wrapping up its work and dissolving, it's dropped its subpoena against former President Trump. In a vote that was mostly political and symbolic, the committee had voted to subpoena Trump during its final televised hearing before the midterm elections in October, demanding testimony and documents from the former president. While the panel never gained Trump's testimony, the committee did interview more than 1,000 witnesses, including most of his closest White House, uh, White House aides and allies. Almost 1,000 cities, towns, and villages in the U.S. have lost their status as urban areas, as the U.S. Census Bureau today released a new list of places considered urban based on revised criteria. About three and a half million residents living in the small cities, hamlets, towns, and villages that lost their urban designation were bumped into the rural category. The new criteria raised the population threshold from 2,500 to 5,000 people, Mm. and housing units were added to the definition. The change matters because rural and urban areas often qualify for uh, different types of federal funding for transportation, housing, healthcare, education, and agriculture. There were 2,646 urban areas in the mainland U.S., Puerto Rico, and U.S. islands on the new list released today. Under the old criteria, an urbanized area needed to have at least 50,000 residents. An urban cluster was defined as 2,500 people. Under that definition, 81% of the U.S. was urban, 19% rural. 
Well, under this new definition coming from the 2020 census information, to be urban, you have to have 5,000 people. The new criteria means the urban-rural ratio is now 79.6 to 20.4, respectively. You got that? Car thefts in Chicago increased 99% this year. Holy cow. <laughs> compared to the same a, point last year. Chicago saw, saw 9,933 motor vehicle thefts at this point in 2021, and is already up to 19,784 motor vehicle thefts so far in 2022. Mm. Carjacking is not just a property crime. It can be extremely violent, and the violence is increasingly perpetrated by young teenagers. In New Orleans, a 73-year-old woman was carjacked by a 17-year-old boy and three 15-year-old girls. She was dragged out of the car, beaten, and kicked in the head. Her arm became entangled in the seatbelt, but they just drove away and dragged her down the street. Dear God. Eventually, her arm detached from her body, and she fell to the side of the road where she bled to death. This occurred at 1.30 p.m. in the afternoon. Wow. New Orleans needs 1,500 police officers to effectively patrol the city. It currently has 989 officers. And then I'll plug in my observation that last night they sold out the building for a NBA game. Hmm. I don't know what to make of this connection. I'm going to have to think about this linking. My God. Are we getting to, maybe we're all getting very callous and we're going to go about our ways uh, f- either either factoring in or not factoring in the risks. So much like you're saying that Chicago's carjacking basically doubled, a 99% increase. More than doubled, yeah. Well, 99% would be twice as many, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so that's the same as St. Paul doubling their sales tax. Yeah. So we got everything figured out now, C- closest to the well, country's tallest buildings. Yeah. From the uh, entertainment world, uh, from the really category, Bill Cosby is eyeing a return to touring in 2023. <laughs> no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, the comedian said... Uh, you ran out of money, huh? Said during a December 28th radio interview on WGH Talk with host Scott Spears, he answered yes when asked if 2023 is the year he finally might be able to tour again. Cosby's now 85 years old. He'd been convicted in Pennsylvania in April 2018 of a criminal sex assault charge. He was released in 2021 following nearly three years in prison after the conviction was overturned on a technicality by the state Supreme Court. Earlier this month, five women filed a new sexual assault lawsuit against NBC and Cosby under a New York state law that temporarily suspends a statute of limitations for older sexual assault claims. The women alleged that Cosby either raped them or forced them into sexual acts. Four of the allegations date from the late 80s or 1990 when the actor was at the height of his fame as the star of The Cosby Show. The fifth allegation involves Cindra Ladd, a former Hollywood executive who was accused Cosby of raping her back in 1969. From Florida, the story of, uh, well, this, this is not a good criminal right here. A man was arrested in Gainesville early Christmas morning after he reportedly slipped on a patch of ice following an attempted armed robbery on the Atlanta Highway. Ooh. According to Lieutenant Kevin Holbrook with the Gainesville Police Department, it all Wait happened a about... He's trying to rob a, rob a car on the highway? Uh, one, hang on. He was uh, behind a business, one in the morning. He's 30-year-old Luis Ordonez of Gainesville. He was allegedly hiding behind a dumpster behind the business when a business employee exited the rear of of the building. 
Ordonez appeared from behind the dumpster, pointed a firearm at the victim, and demanded the victim give up all of their money. At that time, another subject exited the building to see what was going on. Ordonez appeared to have been spooked, reportedly shot one round up in the air that did not hit anyone, and started running away. As he was running away, he reportedly slipped on ice, hit his face on the ground, and knocked himself unconscious. What a way to go. What a way to go. Witnesses were able to separate the firearm from the man as he lay there. Police arrived shortly after and arrested Ordonez, treated on the scene and taken to Hall County Jail. I was uh, just kidding, guys. I was just kidding. <laughs> the victim, luckily, was not hurt. That's fantastic, John. Um, uh, we do have a bit of breaking news from Southwest Air. An employee uh, at the Los Angeles, no, not Los Angeles, Las Vegas International Airport has said a Southwest employee has counted 1,400 bags unclaimed outside oh. of Las Vegas International. Rumor has it Sam Britton is on his way to the airport. <laughs> I don't get why the bags are detached from the passengers. Well, because they, they didn't get their flight. They didn't. Yeah, but the, plan, the baggage there. was on the flight. Good point. So what? The flight took off empty. Rook, take it away. What, what is this? Here we go. I I don't know the reason that they have so many bags because if you canceled the flight, so that means those people were already there and the flight hadn't been canceled until you know normally you would get an email before uh, maybe four hours before. Hey, your flight's been canceled. Don't go to the airport. So these people had already checked in, but I don't know why. Maybe they didn't have people to get the bags off of the aircraft while the people wait. Do you want to wait eight hours for those things? Or are you just going to go home or go whatever to your destination? I'm and going to make wait? it by life's gold and never get near an airport. Yeah. <laughs> I think what it means is when you dig yourself a hole when the heat got on. Put some food on your family. Correct. <laughs> John, thank you. You're welcome. We'll be back in just a moment with a New Year's ending scramble. No, ending scramble. Years ending scramble. Do what now? I don't know. I don't. Bye, it's Johnny Cake. Scramble time. See you, Have a good weekend. Scramble time. Thank God today is Friday. T G T I Friday. Say, <laughs> GLers, join us January 17th at the Hopkins Center for the Arts. We're going to be celebrating the 1000th Garage Logic podcast. The tickets and celebration is free, but you will not be admitted without a ticket. Those are easy to get at garagelogic.com. We begin podcasting that night at 7 p.m. That's what you will be witnessing in act- that that day's podcast. That's right. That day's podcast. And uh, uh, we're going to have Stephen C. Anderson on the piano, John and Dillard Hyde on guitars for all the bumper music and whatever other music comes up. The tickets are first come, first served. Uh, but no one, and this is open to everybody, all GLers, not just town council members. This is for GLers. And uh, go to garagelogic.com and get your free pasteboards. But here's the deal. Yep. Our last update on ticket count. This was yesterday morning, and we were almost at 60% capacity, meaning 
I would highly suspect this is going to be full by the end of this weekend. Well, I hope so. So if you want to go, you better do it right now. GarageLogic.com. There is no fee for these tickets. No, this is not part of the town council. This is open to everybody that listens to GarageLogic. Mayor, the kids we used to have were over to the house last night for some holiday fun. Hey! We kept the conversation light and avoided topics like politics, Trump, and COVID. I did ask my younger son and oldest daughter if they knew what the state surplus was. My son thought it was zero, and my (laughs) daughter guessed it was approximately $7,000. Keep in mind, both of these kids are in their late 20s, educated, hardworking adults. They were surprised to hear the surplus was near $18 billion. They don't read the newspaper or listen to local news. Almost all adults under 30 who I have asked about the surplus or the food scam had not heard about it. Oh, my God. How do we reach the younger generations with the GL message? With the loss of local news and the younger generations receiving news updates through other means, who will hold our local and state leaders accountable Hoping you can provide a ray of hope, Steve Nelson. I can't provide a ray of hope on that. That's that's saddening and maddening news. But Steve just painted the picture we've been saying. There's unfortunately, these are not stupid people. They're just deciding not to pay attention. And sadly, they have overtaken the voting populace. Well, Steve, if your kids are hardworking adults, explain to them that they're the result of the eighteen billion dollar surplus. And ask them if they want their money back. Holy mackerel. But the way, the other way that is really irritating is it's almost being celebrated. Yeah. Either by news outlets or especially by, we heard it from Flanagan and Walls the other day, where this is almost viewed that this is a positive thing. Well, and this uh, emailer hits on it. Uh, how are we supposed to hold our local and state leaders accountable? That used to be the job of the news gathering institutions. It it has uh, it has uh, suffered such demise that I I've said this on the show fifteen times. Melvin Carter could not get away with what he's getting away with twenty five years ago. There was an article. He just couldn't get away with it. There was a city bureau over there of at least six reporters. He would they could not have gotten away with a twenty one person cabinet of people with made-up jobs. There was an article that was sent to us citing how many papers that we have lost nationwide in 2022 Mm -hmm. and how many we're forecast to be losing in the coming years. That alone is frightening, but saying basically what you have been for some time, that you think this runaway freight train of politics is out of hand now, it's going to get much, much worse because of the lack of newspapers. And then, unfortunately, the papers that survive are most, generally speaking, populated by the people uh, cheering for this political ideology. So you've really got no checks and balances. And that's uh, that'll be among the things that is the ruin of us. Only because they come to us. Well, have a happy New Year, GLers. <laughs> happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> For the, for the last time in this year, yeah. 2022, That's right. only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Umpumalanga, South Africa, from the traveling Lymans at WorldwideWaftage.com. It was on this day. Joe, today is December 29th. In 1854, 
The first legal execution in Ramsey County, Minnesota Territory, took place when Yuha Z, a Dakota man convicted of murdering an immigrant woman named Bridget Keener, was hung on a gallows on St. Anthony Hill. That is wow. now Cathedral Hill in St. Paul. I didn't know there was a hanging there. On this day in 1891, 12-29, the Minnesota Library Association was organized in St. Paul. Professor William W. Falwell, the librarian at the U of M, was selected president of the First State Library Association, and other members of that useful profession filled the offices of Vice President Helen J. McCain of the St. Paul Public Library and Secretary and Treasurer J. Fletcher Williams of the Minnesota Historical Society. Early concerns at meetings of the organization included education for librarianship, work with kids, traveling libraries, and public access to bookshelves. And the libraries uh, in the last 120 years have become leading foot soldiers to bring you the mystery. But that wasn't their start. Their start was only good-natured and good-hearted. <laughs> there and was then a, uh, the bleep hit the uh, fan at some point. There is a... Uh, <clears throat> I know you probably don't watch Comedy Central very often. No. But, John, you'll love this. The cast of Reno 911 has been doing these little vignettes in and out of commercial breaks and whatnot about... <laughs> How to survive the holidays and things like that. And one of their yes. bits was uh, save money on Christmas gifts, Joe. Yeah. All you need to do is go to the local library because, hell, you can just keep the book now. You don't even have to pay fines anymore. That's right. <laughs> and you can wrap the books in newspaper that they're giving away. Right. It was hysterical. And I thought of the mayor right away. <laughs> yeah. Because they really hit home with that one. That's a good idea, though. Just go to the library. Take a couple of books, give those out as gifts. That's not a bad idea. I got a video yesterday of a kid of a kid I used to have who, for his mother's birthday, went around the house and was just wrapping things up she already had. <laughs> <laughs> that well, is very thoughtful. Well, and I'll yeah. tell you something. I'll tell you something. Uh, this kid, he really thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> A little mischief maker. <laughs> he thought that was pretty funny. Oh, kids are fan freaking tastic, aren't they? Yes, they are. <laughs> Gave her some soap and right. Ooh, she really her likes own this. car keys. She and, likes this towel yeah, too. I yeah, gotta wrap yeah, that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, GLers, have a great new year. It's bound to be better. You think so? I think so. 2023 I is the year so. for us. I think so. All right, fantastic. GLers, also do us a favor. Hit that subscribe button on the Garage Logic YouTube channel because there we are posting daily content for your, yes, your amusement. You can also follow us along on all of our social media channels, which is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget, sign up for that 1,000th podcast celebration and give the gift of GarageLogic. All of that is available at our website, which is, of course, garagelogic.com. Happy New Year. So I switched to 
Boost Mobile and got this free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Why do you think they call it the Galaxy? Maybe because the Samsung Galaxy A23 has a huge screen, and galaxies are huge gravitationally bound systems of stars rotating around a supermassive black hole. And the phone is free? When you switch to Boost Mobile. Cool. You lost me at gravitationally bound. Switch to Boost and get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. Limited time offer while supplies last. New customers only. Excludes tax. One device offer per line. Only available on certain networks. 5G not available everywhere. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details.